Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Check your levels for me. Oh, of course. Yes, I need to. Obviously, sit like how I'm actually going to sit on the podcast. Look at my hair, which makes me feel... Look at my hair. My hair is amazing. Give it a lick. I have a stroke of his mane and... It turns into a plane. It makes me. Tug on his wanky. Ooh, that's dirty. <laughs> I can't do the high pitch, so it's in South Camp. Do you think so? Ah, <laughs> oh, good old Weeble. Thanks for making the internet. Thank you, Weeble. Uh, sorry you didn't really do the transition from Flash to YouTube. Give it a prod. Oh, I missed Channel Four. <laughs> Remember that? Hmm. All right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, come on. Come on. <laughs> come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 18th of October in the year of our Lord, 2001. Never mind that. It was good when Weaver was on Channel 4, wasn't it? <laughs> it's a bit different than usual this week, Tom, <laughs> I mean, but a, I'll allow it. I mean, a space odyssey. There you go. Kelly Minogue, can't get you out of my head. You're damn right, woman. Second week at number one in the charts. Fever is the one album from Kylie Minogue as well. She's contagious. Well done. American <laughs> Pie 2, hell yeah. Straight to number one in the UK, starring Kylie Minogue as the pie. <laughs> and Hybrid Theory re-re-enters the number one slot in the alternative album charts because In the End has just been released and was the third mega hit from that mega super album. But I, put I was literally putting that down. Literally. You're at a club. That, that is one of those 2 a.m. at Rise. You've had a few whiskey sours and then just the, the uh, silence. I put my dog <laughs> yeah, Apparently, according to Wikipedia page, they didn't think it was good enough for the album to oh, begin with. You tried telling them that at Rise. Great. As, vodka, as a bucket of vodka Red Bull gets poured over Cody Rhodes' suit. <laughs> Cody Rhodes uh, was in Rise once. It's it's the best. It is the I best s- geographically geographically hilarious story about Cody Rhodes is that he was in a nightclub in Newcastle right. and he went, oh, I'll come to the after party and everyone went, no, no, don't. It's it's awful. <laughs> and he turned up to this grungy nightclub in Newcastle in this gorgeous suit. Yes. Everybody going, oh, Cody Rhodes, I loved you, Dad. 
fucking With a shirt that hasn't been washed in three years <laughs> to give him a hug. Hey, so. Cody, what do you reckon of gold dust, mate? Like, oh, poor bastard. Love Cody. I lost the DJ. They'll put your song on. No. I think after about 20 minutes of somebody like leaning into Cody and talking about, forget right, when your dad were a champion, he went, I'm just going to leave, lads. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there. I only heard stories. But it was a time. Anyway. We like stories. We like stories. This week, an advert in the back pages of several Sunday newspapers appeals for potential participants for a new BBC series titled The Experiment, which will attempt to recreate the controversial Stanford Prison Experiment, eh, experiment of 1971, a psychological study that sought to study the effects of becoming a prisoner or prison guard on a group of students. Uh, January 2002, it is reported that the project, which had been due to last 10 days, was finished early oh, after the behavior of those involved began to degenerate. <laughs> oh, no. In, in the exact same fate that befell the original experiment. <laughs> However, psychologists say they have gathered a lot of useful data about the understanding of power and powerlessness. <laughs> Did this later go on to become Love Island? <laughs> it is fascinating. It's like, I wonder if that experiment people did in the seventies, people are still reacting exactly the same. Yes, people are always <laughs> bastards. The same way that AI eventually resorts to racism, people will always resort to being bastards. Oh, the one that went around this week, the the Tesla car that crashed into a police vehicle. It just said, "Sorry, the Tesla car was in autopilot." Oh. Everyone's like, "That's right." <laughs> We salute you, Tesla car. <laughs> oh, God. You know what's up? Microsoft Flight Simulator 02 is the one game this week. Yes. Back in today, in 01, when your PC either played <laughs> FPS, Flight Sims, or Porn. <laughs> oh, all three at the same time. Yeah. If you had a 640 by 480 screen. Yeah. A good job we're in the world now where there's no FPSs, <laughs> there's no porn, but there is <laughs> Truck Simulator, <laughs> aka one of the best-selling PC games of all time. I really want to get into it. I feel like it'd be quite a cathartic experience just to sit and drive a truck for a bit. I think Alex would like it. She's not convinced, but I think if I just install it and just sit her in front of it and go, hey, are. Drive the truck for a few hours. I think she quite enjoyed the disassociation of it. Dude, people love role-playing tedium. Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it? Isn't funny it is funny how we've kind of gone in that way where video games used to be about transporting people to fantastic realms. And now the big part is, um, do you want to jet wash this van? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go and look and see how many copies that game sold compared to your favourite PC game. And wait till the shit come out your ass and come back and listen to this. <laughs> in October... The Glasgow Tower first opens to public. Oh dear. The Glasgow Tower, formerly known as the Millennium Tower, is a freestanding landmark observation tower located on the south bank of the River Clyde in Glasgow. It was part of the Glasgow Science Centre complex. It holds a Guinness World Record for being the tallest fully rotating freestanding structure in the world. It has a section on its wiki labelled as History and Problems. <laughs> the tower has been Don't played... We all? <laughs> the the tower has been plagued by safety and engineering problems throughout its history. It missed its planned opening date in 01. Problems with Nigerian-made thrust bearing on which it rotates led to it being closed between 02 February and August 04. <laughs> on the 30th of January 05, 10 people were trapped in the lifts and their rescue took over five hours. 
Following the incident, the tower reopened on 21st of December 06. In August 2010, the tower closed again due to technical issues taken from its original design. Prior to reopening in 2014, the thrust bearing was replaced with a ball and cut bearing, and the partial fix was featured in the TV documentary, Incredible Engineering Blunders Fixed. <laughs> The tower, closed, the tower closed to the public once again in 2020, which is an issue due to the coronavirus. The restrictions which forced the tower to close have since been lifted, but it's now undergoing refurbishment. It's currently planned to reopen in 2023. <laughs> Glasgow Tower, we salute you and your utter shitness. <laughs> and also, due to requests from last week, more of the Glasgow Tower, In Emmerdale, Denise is thrilled when she returns from her scan. To hear that Ashley has been inquiring about her. She arranged to see him on the pretense that she will collect some of her things. But thoughts of reconciliation are certainly on her mind. Ooh. But Bernice is left deflated. Oh, no. When she arrives at the vicarage to find out she has already packed all of her belongings and has no intention of trying to repair their marriage. Dun, dun, dun. Kane overhears Zach and gets the wrong idea. I said ping pong balls, not King Kong's balls. <laughs> Cynthia is horrified when Jason tells her that Letitia has started seeing Paul again. She confronts her daughter, but Letitia refuses to listen to sense and begins making plans to return to Bradford to be with Paul. Oh, fucking Paul. Kathy, apparently no one's got any surnames in this bastard Wikipedia page I found. <laughs> Kathy comes clean to Andrew and tells her she's flying out to Australia tomorrow to see Alice. These are the notes. He is disappointed to hear that she will not be back for six weeks. Ooh, Scott is delighted when Rodney offers him a job overseeing the renovation of the holiday, holiday village. He's quoted as saying, he's not that fucking Glasgow Tower. <laughs> Zach Dingle is frustrated when his attempts to talk to Lisa Dingle about his feelings go wrong, and Mark, Ollie, and Eve attend the court hearing of the man arrested for the hit and run which killed Miss Strickland. I guess the driver forgot to swerve. Oh! Another fine recurring segment makes its debut until it is quickly forgotten about next week and never spoken of again. But all that was happening in the etc. etc. Well, the colour at Classic Smackdown Review. You're listening to Matthew's rambling bollocks and Tom Campbell's professional bollocks. Tom, how <laughs> are you? I'm good. I like the inclusion of the Classic Emberdale Review now. I think that's a nice new touch upon the, uh, the existing product. It is, product. apart from the fact that I wasn't watching Emberdale at this time, so I have no recollection of anything that happened there. Nor was I. <laughs> Nor was Luckily I. Luckily for us, neither is Mrs. Strickland. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, matey. It's been uh, it's been a busy week again. I, 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 do you know what? It's not a busy week. It's more the fact that since I have got back from Australia, it was oh rather like Rodney, like Rodney and, and Pete Gas. It was straight into uh, WrestleMania weekend. Yep. Then it was a bank holiday weekend after that, so we all down tools on Thursday. And it's another short week this week, so I'm sort of since since I got back, I've been trying to cram in like a full five days worth of stuff into less time than normal. Which uh, and I realised this this morning. I woke up, and I was just tired. I just like I said to Alex, I just feel like there's stuff all the time, and I don't feel like I'm resting, and I feel I don't know what it is. Am I doing too much? And then I realised, oh no, we've just had like short weeks and and like in WrestleMania since I've got back, I haven't had a normal week. Yeah. So next week I'm buzzing for because it looks like a normal week. 
which is nice. Uh, but otherwise, all is good. What's lovely is um, my friend Dan is in the northeast this week. He works as an engineer for the BBC. So he's up doing some stuff at BBC Radio Newcastle. And so I'm going to see him. I'll, by the time you've seen this, we'll have already been out. But like, he's the best man at my wedding. So you'll, you'll get to meet him soon enough. And uh, I'm excited to see him. So it's always, always a pleasure to see him. What else has happened this week? I think that's about it. It's otherwise just, just had a lot of worky based silliness on. But otherwise, we're all good. How are you, more importantly? I am fully recovered from Yay! COVID. Uh, and I dealt with some of the stuff that's happened in my life regarding the never-ending story. No, not the one with the big white dragon of uh, finding a new property. Yeah, you've had a, a bit of a setback. It might not be the worst thing in the world, but like, it's, it's all to be confirmed, to be confirmed, etc. cetera. Um, by having some whiskey and beating Resident Evil 4 Remake. There you go. And then get, wake up the next day feeling like, oh, well, that's my way of venting. <laughs> it's, it's, there's this thing I've been doing now where it's just like, I'm in a bad mood, but I don't, want to be in a bad mood, but I appreciate you need to out. So uh, I'll do this. I'll kill Sadler, <laughs> um, save Mouchley, and uh, so disappointed you play that game when she's a real person. Twitter lied to me. Aww. She's not actually a little mouse. Um, <laughs> do all that, and then uh, just feel good the next day. And then you wake up, and obviously you post about it, and you see people going, oh, you all right? I'm like, yeah, why? <laughs> because you've processed it, and then you've posted it, rather than posting in the, in the moment of anger and frustration. Yeah, that helps me yeah. in a weird way. I mean, by me, which is it didn't, but I realize that you do need to I go, I need to say this, what, bollocks. And then you're like, okay, offended. But then people are still like a day later, oh God, you all right? Was, because, oh, yeah, yeah. because offended now. Because the amount of people that assume that, you know, because traditionally people do just the moment something's on their mind, they just <clears throat> stick it up onto the onto mm. the social media. So the fact that you didn't and you don't, I think is really healthy because it allows you to kind of formulate how you feel about it. And then, you know, as most things in life, put it into some perspective. The amount of things that we get worked up about, the majority, exactly. it's like, all in perspective. Yeah, well said, Tom. I was about to add, I'm doing really well. You know, uh, not only are you alive? Good, yeah, Do you yeah, have right. a roof over your head? Right. There you go. Right. The wrestling world hates me. Everything's great. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to see Sabaton on Friday in Leeds. Oh, yeah. Leeds. When, when did you last see him? Was it Stag 2? <laughs> yeah, he's the best mate. He's, he's plus one for your Sabaton's wedding. Sabaton's best mate. He's a plus one. Hi, Tommy's me, mate. It's the lead singer of Sabaton. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Alan Sabaton. Have you travelled far? Over the wings and the glory <laughs> to see you, Tom, at your wedding. <laughs> That's cool. Where are they? I fought the Russians. They're, Wait, were they there? No, I just don't like them. They're playing in Leeds, right? Don't tell me where. I'm going to guess where the Sabaton are playing. Brudenell. No. Oh, wow. Like the Leeds Arena or whatever it's called. Oh, fuck. Oh, no, well. they're, they're a big, the big metal band. Well, they are in Europe because all their songs about like, this European battle that the Yanks don't talk about. <laughs> we're going to sing and we'll talk about how great they are. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't far off, actually. Like, that sounds like a fun time. It should be. <laughs> all of Europe coming together, like, you know, all the European, oh, it's great. Sing that song about when we killed you. He's like, yeah, my favorite song's where we killed about we, us killing you. Ah, how you doing, pal? <laughs> Don't tell the Americans. This one was really good. <laughs> this is way more cooler than Pearl Harbor. Dun, 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 Michael Bay Oh. 
Eight, were you at North on Saturday? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I need a break from wrestling. <laughs> I think we all It's no offence to North. Look, um, um, Sam went, and I love him. I had a chin while with him, and he had a lovely time and stuff like that. But, Jesus, sometimes you're just like, I get well, it. a free night, how about anything else other than this? I get that. I do get that. However, I was contractually obligated to be there. <laughs> so I was there. Uh, and... Uh, I'm trying to have a good time as I'm well. I'm contractually obligated to enjoy myself. Thanks, Bowers. Um, <laughs> no, we did have a lovely night. It was nice because it was Professor Nick Harrison's first North show. Oh, that's right. Yes. The professor was up. So you might see Professor Nick Harrison on TikTok. We've interviewed him on YouTube, on the Cultaholic podcast feed a few times. He's the guy on TikTok that yeah. recreates all the wrestlers' entrances. Yeah. And he was in, he's in Manchester for a couple of weeks mm. doing some bits and pieces. And he said, uh, I want to come and see you. I want to come and see Newcastle, and it's like, I love when Americans come over because for, to them, a, a train from Manchester to, to Newcastle is, is now. Yeah. It's just like, oh, little well, how far are you away? About two hours, mate. Oh, cool. Lovely. I'll see you. And so I got to spend the Saturday with Nick Harrison and, and I love Nick and I'm glad he came up. We had a lovely time. This, in the first, he's, I said, let me know when your train is so I can come meet you at the station. And I didn't think any more about it until I'm in bed at like 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning, and he goes, hey, Tom, uh, I'm, in the tr- I'm on the train, I'm on my way, I'll be there at 10 past 11. I'm like, oh, shit, oh. I need to move. <laughs> so got, got through some clothes on, I went and met him, took him to a few pubs, took him to Fat Hippo in Newcastle for some lunch. Okay, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, brought him here, he had a nice little round cartaholic, got to see this. Oh. Got to go back and tell fucking Sean Ross Sapp that this isn't a fucking green screen behind us. I think there's a, there's a common misconception that the old fencing is green screen. Oh, I was going to say, no. Obviously, sure. obviously I'm not sure what part of the gimmick we're going into then. Yes, there is a green screen. There is a green there. screen. There it is there. Here's a picture of Kane. See? But everything behind it is is real fence. So you got to go back and tell Sean Ross that, you know, it is real fence, believe it or not. I took him to... It's been a busy week, has it, Tom? Well, it's been a busy week. I told you it's been a busy week. Put uh, on Fightful Select. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's been a Seinfeld week. <laughs> so... Got a city tavern, had some beers there, and I realised like having a lovely time. And then I think Luke came over, editor Luke came and joined us. Fraser came up, Fraser's good lady joined us as well. Hello, uh, Hannah and Claire from the North Wrestling, they came and joined us. Well, I love Hannah and Claire. So we had a nice little posse of people. Sam, Sam, and his good lady came along a short while later, and it got to intermission, and I went, I feel a bit sick, and I got this banging headache that's not going away, and I was drinking water. I was like, I don't know what's going on, and then it dawns on me, oh shit. I've been drinking with Nick Harrison since half 11. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably either a bit pissed or getting the early stages of a hangover from being pissed. Yeah. Wow. Should not be operating a microphone. <laughs> this is a, I thought if anybody hands me, a, hands me a pint, I'm done because there's a thing yeah. at North that if someone hands you, if you're in the ring and someone hands you a pint, everyone, you know, peer pressure, everyone just goes down it, down it, down it, down that it. That was a certain referee's finest moment, I think. Oh, the... yeah. <laughs> where's, where's, Sean, where's Sean McLaughlin? Yeah, just just, just grabbed that out of my there. hands. Because he's, it's funny as fuck, because he's always no nonsense, mm. serious going. But he saw these guys drinking these pints. He was like, right, that's it. <laughs> I'm the most professional, serious referee you've ever seen, but I'm sick of these horrible pints being drunk. <laughs> God, Sean. What a boy. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, President so, so, Nick Harrison, that was nice. He, he got, was lovely. You got to meet Sabaton. Uh, Professor Nick Harrison. <laughs> he's here now that the war is won. Don't forget about that time there was a war in Finland. Uh, that famous <laughs> sci-fi sabaton. 
Steve Harrison. He shot, he shot Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> he did as well. He told me. Told me not to put it on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, lovely to see him. Come back soon, Nick. Love you. Nice to meet you properly. What a boy. Lovely. What a boy. I know your stuff. You don't follow me. It's all right, pal. <laughs> um, what is the next bit? It's the, the news. It's not the letters? No letters this week. Oh, bollocks. But the news. <laughs> Um, we'll do some. We'll do some mail next week. Send us more mail because uh, I'm not. Do you know it's my fault? I'm not plugged it in a while. Yeah. Not plugged it in a while. I'm just happy we've got some. To be honest with Classic, you. Classic. So. Yeah, yeah. We. Um, you know what? The the podcast get a regular stream, but I, we've not had a devoted letters section for a while. I will start doing that again from next week. So I encourage you to send questions, thoughts, concerns, cane sightings. Any sightings of N64s in television? Maybe your thoughts on Emmerdale this week. Classic at cultaholic.com. Oh, yeah, request, yeah, a request for what you want to know what was happening. What TV show? Are you uh, a Brook, Brookside fan? What was happening in Voyager? Oh, God, no, not Voyager. No. no disregard. Carry, we've talk, we've had a couple news. about Voyager now. Let's I, talk over this. Bit. The Voyager quota is full. But appreciate Ugh. the Voyager references as well. Ugh. Thank you very much. Right, but I've got some wrestling news for us this particular week. So, uh, shortly, Matthew Gregg is going to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown. It's the go-home show for No Mercy 2001. Mm. And we're going to get to that in a momentous moment. But a few d- bits and pieces from the world of wrestling. It's Kurt Angle leaving. <laughs> what? It's Kurt Angle leaving. Because... <laughs> This was a thing. Brian oh, Alvarez read Kurt's book. It's true, right. it's true. Oh, 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 I know how it goes. And near the end, he talks about a challenge that he made to Brock Lesnar. Angle yeah. said he was... Se- and, and basically, yeah. Brock Lesnar said... Him and Kurt had a, had a chat one day at an at a, at a amateur wrestling show. And Angle said, I'll beat you in a wrestling match. And Brock went, nah, I'm too big for you to handle. <laughs> And Angle's like, oh, we'll see. And this has got the wheels turning in Kurt Angle's head. And Kurt Angle is saying that he is seriously considering taking a year off the WWF, training hard, and taking a shot at the Olympics in 2004. Uh, the 220-pound weight class has been consolidated with the 198. So there's now like a 213-pound class. And he reckons, uh, he, since he was always underweight, this would be his advantage in this thing. He says, I guess Brock's comments that a match to my old competitive spirit. And more and more, I started thinking, wow, I really was that damn good. I used to take guys like Brock and eat them alive. It's very natural to miss that feeling of superiority. Maybe it will pass as the time, at the time to make a decision on a comeback gets closer. But I don't know. I got the urge to, again, shock the wrestling world and do something spectacular, something that would rank with the greatest feats in Olympic history. Kirk possibly buggering off to do. Obviously, we know what happens, but at this point, it's a consideration for him. I remember reading that the last bit of his book, thinking, "Well, fuck, he might." Uh, and then he proceeded to tease going back to the Olympics and then doing UFC. I believe maybe Bellator at one point as well for the next fifteen years, mm, even. even longer than that. And it's like, uh huh. You know, they drug test the Olympics, right? <laughs> oh, well, shit. not the Russians, obviously. But, um, yeah, love you, Kurt. It's it's for the best you didn't. I, I love that he still has that competitive spirit. Like, mm. have you seen The Last Dance, the NBA Chicago Bulls? No, I haven't. Oh, I recommend the fuck out of it because yeah. it is beautiful insight into lots of things happening at once. But one of them is mainly Michael Jordan's amazingly competitiveness that he has gotten for himself. Because he mm. thinks he's the best and he's going to prove he's the best and all this other stuff. And he's just mad ego. But he was one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Ah. And it's like there, you hear like Kurt, like, well, yeah, I'm going to do it. 
<laughs> Fuck you, I'll do right, it. Right, I'll do it. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah. What are you going to do? Like, beautiful. Yeah. Um, is Ric Flair coming in? WWF had a talks this week with Ric Flair's attorney, John Taylor, about him making a return to the World Wrestling Federation. However, he's in the same financial situation uh, as he has been since the folding of WCW. He's basically getting his Time Warner payout, and he's not interested, nor are his team, in taking a contract that would guarantee him anywhere near close to what he's now earning. So the WWF want to bring him in. Flair's like, I'm on this much. Can you match it or beat it? And the big issue with with this is they, and we've talked about this over the last couple of months, they don't want to bring in anybody that's going to rock the pay structure of the WWF and Ric Flair coming in and then, you know, a similar situation with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Uh, it, would, it would rock the structure quite dramatically. Uh, and you'd have guys like Bradshaw bleating on going, why aren't I paid as much as these legends? I wonder. And uh, this is, again, the issue with Ric Flair. Uh, Although the feeling is that he's coming in anyway. And we, I believe, I believe he does end up taking a buyout from the WWF. Actually, I don't remember what happens then, so I'll be interested to see what happens in the In, in the weeks. weeks to come, yeah, it will unravel. Mm. So wait, Ric Flair's got an attorney, John yeah. Taylor. Yeah. We found someone who works harder than Kurt Angle. <laughs> uh, some more news about ex-WCW guys, namely Hulk Hogan and Friends who are going to be part of the XWF. Got some news on that this week. It appears the announcing crew is going to be Jerry Lawler and Tony Schiavone, brackets from Brian Alvarez. Can you believe it? Bear yeah. in mind that Tony... That's incredibly believable. Why yeah, was... yeah. What? Schiavone, I think... I don't know whether he was persona non grata, but whether he was considered sort of like... You know, people thought even at this point he should be put out to pasture. Oh, he was... But look so at him now and hear him now in 2023. Yeah. It's so bad that he got such a drubbing when no one was really on their top form by the end of WCW. No. Was his fault he had to parrot the bullshit? <laughs> yeah. Wow, Tony Schiavone. Wow, what about... Me my Lawler. Mm. Weird, oh, wow, wow, Lola, who's not spent at all. Lola, Lola isn't an issue, but Tony Schiavone? Oh. They're also looking at Bobby Heenan having a role in some form on television, as well as Gene Oakland. It's just WCW, isn't it? Just anybody who's not been signed, right? Okay. Perhaps even Rena Mero handling interviews. No. Uh, plan seems to be to do a second set of tapings in late January. They want to lock all the talent up before November. I bet they fucking should. So... The- <laughs> Wait, Jerry Lola wants to be locked up by another year. Yeah, he probably will be at this rate. You're in the wrong year. They aren't going to put people in television and uh, and then have them jump to WWF. At least that's the plan. Spoiler, at least two do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan will be part of the XWF, as it turns out. Uh, but he's got a few other irons in the fire. Uh, as Acclaim have approached him to be the that's spokesman right. for their brand new video game, Legends of Wrestling. Hogan is American made. The only oh, real giant is no. still Andre. Jerry Lawler will always be the king because we are the legends, the legends of wrestling. How it's do you remember shit. that? I don't know. That sounds like one of those TikTok shanties that got popular during COVID. <laughs> Soon may the dirty man come. <laughs> 
to be racist and drink some rum. Uh, Hogan is going to be the spokesman for this. His job is, according according to the Observer, Hogan's job is to make generic comments about the game in the press and collect an enormous paycheck. (laughs) There's a cynicism we appreciate. (laughs) The game will feature 40 different wrestlers, including Bret Hart, Jerry Lawless, Jimmy Snooker, George Steele, Ricky Steamboat, The Road Warriors, Terry Funk, King Kong Bundy, Bam Bam Big Girl And get this for a legend, Rob Van Damme. I was going to say, Rob Van Damme is, uh, yeah, he signed that contract before he signed with WF. Yeah, so that's, which is quite an interesting little development, having Rob Van Damme sneaking into the game. Although they don't believe he's a legend. I think, you know, the word legend's very casual. Uh, Features include ring introductions. That's a feature. Uh, Audience reactions. That's a feature. Authentic taunts. This is from the press release. And in-depth match analysis and career guidance by wrestling's greatest manager, include managers, including Captain Lou Albano. <laughs> Billy Billy! Yeah. You gotta, yeah. gotta really press A! Keep pressing A! I, I am, but it's not doing anything. I don't know what else to do, just keep pressing A! Yeah. <laughs> Billy Billy, you played so badly, if they put your brain in a parakeet, it would fly backwards. Billy Billy! <laughs> Billy Billy! Is it Legends of Wrestling 1 or Legends of Wrestling 2 that has the British Two. versions? It's the second one. And okay. it's only the European release. So we ain't getting reasons. Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks for a couple of years yet? No. Ah, that's a shame. That's very much a shame. Your memories of Legends of Wrestling? Playing it and going, oh, it's an acclaimed wrestling game. It's The, the pot was off the boil at this point for this style of wrestling. THQ and Aki had just destroyed them. And it was like, okay... Cool yep. story, bro. This, this definitely looks like the 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 rival thing that is nowhere near as good. If li- little of wrestling, the, <laughs> the little of wrestling, <laughs> and acclaimed games feel really old when you can see where SmackDown like games were at that point. Very much like the cast. Uh, I remember when acclaimed wrestling games were the fucking dogs bollocks, and then we realised they were really phoning it in when when other wrestling games came out and went, "Whoa, that's brilliant!" Yeah. It's just, I think it aged it massively the moment yes. those games came out. There are a few other bits and pieces from the wrestling news this week, but I think we're going to incorporate them Ooh. as the show goes on. So That's let us good. throw it to Matthew Gregory, who is going to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown. Why do people listen to this? It's real. It's loud. Can it's have obnoxious. I have something to put the uh, voices in the head to, to sleep. I think if, if I looked at my contract it, it, from Adam, the Adam Pacitti maybe signed, it wouldn't say produce a two hour podcast where you make shit jokes with your mate and laugh too loud into the microphone. Those unwritten rules, I guess. <laughs> I they said that Pacitti made you sign it. He did. Just want to grill them on soon Jesse Ventura situations, you know. <laughs> so yes, they were in court. Tom review. <laughs> yeah, so that so they re-released the podcast with yeah. me <laughs> with me cut out. It's <laughs> 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 long pauses. Uh, good one, good one, Tom. <laughs> yeah, give us an example of what that would sound like. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I farted. <laughs> well, thank you for that thrilling insight, Tom. <laughs> Never, never mind, no, no time for threading insight. Here's what happened on Raw. Yeah! Undertaker and his bike showed up, vroom vroom, to team up with Angle to take on Booker and Austin. Austin gets his belt and nails Angle with it, but the ref's down, so WCW referee Little Nate runs out 
and uh, Angle kicks out anyway, so I don't know why that happened. <laughs> so Austin kicks him down, then low blows Angle. Angle low blows Austin, so they're both down. And here's RVD to have a good, hard think about which guy he's going to hit with a five-star, eventually deciding on Kurt Angle. Austin pins Angle, and then there's a stare as crazy Indian music plays as Austin wonders if RVD was going to hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting choice in music towards the end there. It is an interesting choice in music, but <laughs> I... Zoom in on Austin looking crazy. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I enjoyed the tease. I remember watching it like uh, when Raw was on back in the day, and I enjoyed the tease immensely. Yes. Who's Van Damme going to splash? What a great use of the, propel the propulsion of mm. a Van Damme five-star frog splash to create a... A tense moment. Really, it's a good job for it. the main event of No Mercy, you are right. Oh. Weirdy, weirdy. Whoa. We're in Molson, central Montreal. The hell is that, I've put. <laughs> We're three, three days from No Mercy, which as Cole translates is 72 hours away. Thanks, dickhead. No, it's his classic, isn't it? He always goes, <laughs> We're 72 hours, three days from pay per view. Yeah. With those giant clocks you see at this. Yeah, charity marathons. <laughs> it's RVD versus Angle tonight, with hopefully Angle not bleeding everywhere again. Ah. Also, TNT take on Kane, and oh no, it's him. <laughs> but first, here's Y2J. He's got the rock at no mercy, but right now he's going to fight fashion because he's wearing his Y2J in the style of ECW logo shirt with shiny trousers. Oh. Big off. It's a look. Jericho soaks up the huge reaction he gets from the kind of Canadians. Jericho says some have been saying he's a choke artist, and those people are right, says Jericho. I know who said it as well, because he's in the crowd tonight. Last time we had a show from Montreal, I think it was, I think it was Montreal, Trombone Man was in the crowd, and he's back tonight, because Jericho goes, some have been saying I'm a choke artist, and then you hear... <laughs> <laughs> Throughout the night, you just yeah. it, it's certain key moments where the baby faces are taking a shoe in here. <laughs> Joe goes does an ad read for Lurpak Spreadable, and all you in the crowd is fucking Lurpak. <laughs> Get this, lads. I know, I know how to advertise butter. Hear me out, right? <laughs> we make a little cunt out of butter who's trying to play the trumpet, <laughs> and we don't let him. It was. Christ. There was a lot of good drugs in the 90s. It really was, and we took all of them before this podcast. <laughs> Jericho's been here two years now, and Tom and Matthew have not even started talking about the episode. That's not true, Jericho. How dare you say um, that? Look, can we talk about the Lurpak Butter Man for a bit? <laughs> yeah, shut up, Jericho. <laughs> Jericho's never officially won the WF title. Hey, remember the Triple H match? He never received a WCW title shot when he was in that company. Never mind ever winning it. It's true. But on Sunday, he has a chance to tell those people who doubted him to kiss his ass. Jericho's interrupted by Triple H. Oh, my God. What's it? Oh, it's, it's Steph. Uh, damn it, woman, get a new theme. It's not nice. <laughs> she does Jericho's entrance. Yeah, I was going to say, Steph does the Jericho pose on the Tron. Ha, ha, ha. I find it straight. Like, do you know when sometimes you hyperfixate on something really random? I don't know what it's it my is. my life. Yeah, I know. I don't know what it is. She does the pose and then she spins and she does Jericho's like little kick. Yeah. And I was like, I quite like that. That's really good. I was supposed to say, Steph is amazing this bit. She was great. Steph asks the crowd yelling, slut, 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 to shut the hell up. She says, welcome to SmackDown is Stephanie. More slut drops from the crowd as Cole says, derogatory chants from the fans. Cough, cough. 
Sorry about that, sponsorships. <laughs> Steph mocks Jericho's reliance on saying the same thing over and over again because that's all he does is the same thing over and over again. Like lose. Damn, <laughs> Steph is killing it, I put here. Steph hopes The Rock cleans his clock. Steph says even The Rock would thank Stephanie for her support, which brings out the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, The Rock. Heyman yells, wow, what an ovation. And The Rock isn't even Canadian. <laughs> Crowd loves Rock more than they love Toronto, Heyman says. Uh, Rock comments on Steph's tits and then gets interrupted by Steph and says, hey, don't be mad at me, be mad at Jericho. On Raw, he could have saved you from Rhino and RVD. And remember when he made his debut and challenged you? He's never liked you. And we get the footage, and yeah. sure enough, Jericho called out The Rock in his debut. Great. Steph says, see, Jericho's always wanted to screw you. And Rock's like, if anybody would know about screwing, etc., etc." Here's some really good backstory to your match. Shut up, you're a slut. <laughs> Can we focus on the fuck off, you're a slut? <laughs> Jericho's like, hey, you can't spell Steph without what? Oh, Steph can't even spell Jericho. <laughs> you were about to say, about you can't H spell Anna. Steph without exactly. H-O. Stefo. <laughs> you can't spell slaughter without laughter. Stephanie can't even spell Jericho without H-N-O-Ho. Rock asks for the same support from Steph. Her bra gives those big fag... What? Big phone thumb bags. Big <laughs> I've not put... Jesus wept. I've read this one, COVID. He says big foam fun bags. I have put big phone... As in P H O N E. Does she does she make calls on them? Apparently. Hello. How does that type that? <laughs> you had the code. Phone fun bags. That's horrible. <laughs> you take those Nokia thirty three double Ds and <laughs> a Nokia thirty three double D. They're very eye catching. You can play Snake on them. <laughs> Stephanie, your tits are ringing. Diddly, diddly, Steph diddly. has enough and leaves this awful period of wrestling promos as Jericho yells, thanks for the memories. Then both men stare down one another with no Steph to focus their hate on, both reminding one another of their actions on Raw, with Jericho saying he saved The Rock on Raw. Rock asks, why does he need to conserve his energy for Sunday? Is The Rock in jeopardy? Maybe losing the title? There's a reason people say Jericho can't win the big one. It's because Jericho's not that good. Oh. Jericho tries doing the, you will never, ever. But Rock interrupts that to go, oh, are you going to do another tired bit? Is that it? But Jericho interrupts the interruption by shoving his hand in Rock's face. Oh. Proving that paper can beat Rock. <laughs> See, redeem yourself there. Rock removes his shades and sidesteps get around Jericho's hand so Jericho moves his hand and then turns it to do the just bring it gesture right in Rock's face causing the Rock to lose it and Rock bottom Jericho to a big ass mixed reaction from the crowd mm. an amazing opening segment here to set up this lovely title match we've got going Jericho loves Jericho sorry crowd loves Jericho but they also love the Rock both are being just a little dickish to one another and both men are good enough to pull that little uh, intrigue off it also helps that Stephanie was destroying Jericho on the mic as well. Oh, she was great. And it was like, as you said, it's like, here's a good point I've just made. He, well, you've got tits. Shut up, hole. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, right. It's 2001. Ugh. And then she and she storms off like a petulant child going, you're yeah. me. I'm going to with dad. Yeah, oh, and then she great. leaves and they're like, oh, she was making some good points, actually. Yeah. Yeah, uh, fuck you. <laughs> what do you think, Tom? Um, I thought the the... The Lion, the Witch, the audacity of that bitch, Dwayne Johnson, to come out and say to Chris Jericho, you do a lot of tired bits. 
Um, Jericho doing the thing in Rock's face, the Rock oh, stepping to the side, yeah, yeah. and then Jericho moving his hand to meet it, I thought was very funny. It's so simple and so effective. Because the crowd's like, oh, and it's just a hand. It's just a hand in it. And then he moves. <laughs> but then, I, sadly, I thought, the Rock then immediately going, fucking fuck you, Rock Bottom, catching Jericho completely off guard. Was a shame. Made no, Jericho but that's, that's the point, isn't it? It's like Jericho's... Annoyed the rock, he's frustrated him. It's like but the, the verbiage here, rock going, you do tired bits, you don't fucking win, you're you've always you've you've never you're a choke, you know, you've never actually succeeded in a big match. And then Jericho going, doing that handout, and then Rock, after all the words he said, just fucking giving him a rock bottom, Jericho has to win on Sunday. Because mm. otherwise, he like everybody's basically played his punk card. Right. And if he doesn't win on Sunday, then they're all right. It's an Austin Theory, John Cena situation. Yes. Hopefully you've a bit more effort. You've actually made it so, therefore, they he has to, he absolutely has to win on that, Sunday. If he doesn't, then there's a big problem. I'm going to very quickly adjust that light because it seems... I wonder, like, you, you, you seem to be, like, just looking slightly yeah, to the right. As if there was a big TV backstage that you were looking at, but not looking at. And people on the audio listening to Matthew delay for time. Oh, Sabaton are here. As Tom adjusted the light, so we could see at night those German soldiers that we shot with our guns. As opposed to shooting them with what, Matthew? Those phone fun bags of Stephanie. How did you mess up that? You type that with your hands. Rough like Hans, the name of the German that I shot in the trenches when they tried to invade Russia. Hans Molman. Sabaton. Backstage, the Alliance are holding a party. They're like the clangers. What the f... What's that about? Every time I watch the clangers, they're, like they're having a the party. Clangers. No, they're it's just, been a while since I've seen the clangers. I'm not sure. They're having a party. They're just silver. <laughs> it looks like party attire. The dress, the dress for a sesh. It's the clangers. <laughs> clangers anyway, the we are seeing good magic, man. We stay up till five a.m. <laughs> it's the party. We're not by clanger law. What goes on tour stays on tour. The party is for. Soup Dragon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Rob Van Dam. <laughs> Soup Deborah, Dragon never bust anyone open. Deborah has made cookies. And Austin says, the cookies we're standing, we're here for a good time. <laughs> I forgot about the little side plot of her cooking being rubbish. A fucking great line. Austin is so happy with RVD being on his side. There's no doubt. Taz the idiot reminds everyone that RVD can hit the five-star on angle and not have to pit Austin on Sunday to win the title. Austin laughing. makes him leave because he's a party pooper. Ha, ha, ha. Tom's fixing the lights. Let's see if we can still hear him. There we, I can still hear That's him. a shame. Taz could have been perfect on RVD's cake like a wedded figurine. <laughs> Taz is small and mighty, like the mighty Polish army. <laughs> All right, Sabaton, shut up. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hurricane and his crew come out to a big pop. Yeah, he's over. This is the first time hearing the Hurricane's new music. Stand back. Yeah, with dun 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 Because we've had that weird like wiki wiki for a long time, and now it's the proper one. It's great. Also, Landstorm, Ivory, and Molly Holly are here. They're here to take on the Hardy Boys and Lita. The Hardy Boys are the WWE Tag Team Champions. Uh, are they? Uh, yes, they beat the Dudleys the other week. Oh, that's just completely like it's just it's part of me is still weird going WCW. Her, it was on Raw. There was a I want to mention very quickly that Michael Cole tells everybody about No Mercy this Sunday. I was about to say, yeah, Cole points out No Mercy isn't available on Direct TV, so go find another source like Richard Land. He listens to this. Hi, Richard. I'm not sure what this is about. Were they feuding with pay-per-view fighters again? Tom? Yeah, so following the announcement, so on Raw they announced that um, WWF and DirecTV uh, are ending their partnership. So WWFE and DirecTV have been in negotiations over a new contract, but have not been able to come to terms on the fundamental issue of what the revenue split should be. This is from the press release. The prior contract expired in January, and WWFE granted several extensions during that time while parties continue to negotiate. WWFE is encouraging its fans, who are DirecTV subscribers, to seek alternative ways to view No Mercy this Sunday, like Richard Land, as well as future WWFE pay-per-view programs. Like the back page of Power Slam. <laughs> uh, so the Observer adds, last month, the WWF and DirecTV came to a last minute one-time agreement just three days before the pay-per-view because oh. neither also side two hours yeah two days <laughs> as neither side wanted to risk losing up to a million dollars per show uh, that a lack of deal would effectuate it is believed that the two sides had come to an agreement that wwf was pursuing however the rest of the, our wwf would make at most an additional fifty thousand in revenue per show that was the, the planned deal but that hasn't really happened um if DirecTV panics following No Mercy and agrees afterwards the terms, then the WWF will have still lost a million dollars as a result of playing this game with DirecTV. Obviously, it's not a smart move for either company, especially for the WWF. Revenue is down, and to, to, to be playing chicken with a major pay-per-view partner seems ridiculous. They want a larger cut. DirecTV is saying no, so they've gone, all right, you can't have it at all. And DirecTV's gone, all right, fine. And now they've gone, Shit. Um, yeah, who's going to blink first? Call Richard right? Land. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story behind them and DirecTV. I think they sort something out again, they, they, and they'll play chicken again, and then, then the network comes along. They and, love doing this. Mm. Every few years, they'll go, ooh. Was, that, was it Rumble 90 or 91 that they had like 
Mean Gene doing stuff like, oh, I can't believe the pay-per-views are treating us like the pay-per-view providers are treating us like. And trying to make it a big deal on TV and people are like, we don't care about how you make your money. Shut up. It's it's a common thing where whilst obviously there are wrestling channels that do talk a lot about the behind the scenes, it's a common misconception that from Vincent Mann and co that we really care about the logistics of wrestling in storyline and, and in the wrestling world. The amount of times that that has been brought to air and we go, we don't, we don't care. <laughs> Was a funny one thing on uh, one of the WrestleManias? I think they were saying like, make sure you order the pay per view and ask for WrestleMania by name because they were worried because they tried to say, hey, we don't want WWE having their pay per views providers on their things, and the pay per providers went, nah, fuck off. But you had to say by name if you said the wrestling pay per view coming up, you had to like specify like WF, not WWE. <laughs> don't give them any hits. Because <laughs> apparently, it was some places. Apparently, they were saying like, well. Or, you know, yeah. And you show the build of W4 Brawl. They're like, ah, oh. I bought the wrong one, Dad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, always fascinating stuff there. Did you know, by the way, a very quick thing that's very boring to some, but not to me, that WF in your house, It's Time, the one with Sid versus Brett, aired on Sky One. Did it? That's what I got told the other day. Ooh. I should make a mental note of that. The that's classic like, w- w- Sky One? Like, oh. That can't be right. But Did you know that Wallace and Gromit is now canon with Star Wars? How so? Because there's a, an urban animation short coming out based on Star Wars. They announced it at the Star Wars Celebration. In one of the scenes from it, uh, you see in the background the cooker that was left on the moon in the Grand Day Out. Not even bullshitting. That's a legitimately true story. So therefore, Wallace and Gromit is in the same universe as Star Wars. Wait, wait, is it skiing? Sadly not. It's just waving. Oh, it's bullshit. It's just got its hand up oh, in the air. Oh, it's waving. It's definitely... You can right, see yeah. it's, it's definitely... <laughs> it's still waving at every passing ship. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the, definitely the oven from a grand day out. Man. It's amazing. So those who ovens knew? Were, those ovens were made to last back then, weren't they? They really fucking were. Anyway, Helms keeps on adding new bits to his act. Uh, <laughs> now he poses before suplexing. Matt Hardy tries a sunset flip, so Helms does his shoulder pose before hitting Matt to escape it. So yeah, there's Matt who's gone over his legs, and then he's like, whoa, doing aloha. Then he's like, pose, then hits him. He he's, was, he's adding so much to this. He was great. getting quite a bit of grief from a lot of long-term fans of his because people got to know him when he was Sugar Shane Helms and part of Three Count, quite a high-flying guy. Yeah. All that has been stripped away in favour of more character stuff. And there's people who message boards at this point going, oh, Shane Helms is rubbish now. Nah. I was in WWF. <laughs> when really he's gone, oh, no, like I've added years to my career, but like, I could go out and do all the flippy stuff and get the same or less reaction than if I just put my hand in front of my face. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you're bang Plus on. Plus it's WWF. I don't care about flips at this point. I don't want. Yeah, if there were still yeah. hardcore wrestling gatekeepers in 2001, believe Good, yes, and we were them. <sighs> uh, Molly lands Shane Douglas's neck crank as Helms continues to pose at every opportunity. Lance gets a flying clothesline, and I forgot the crazy air he gets with everything. Mm. Lance Storm. He's great. Higher than Tom's ambition. <laughs> yeah, we all saw fucking Botchamania this week. Thanks for that. I messaged you. I said, Tom, can you watch it? You know something. When did you say that? <laughs> I said, hey, look at this. I don't remember you sending me it. Do you know? I definitely sent it. Where did you send it me on? Facebook Messenger. Do you not okay. see it? I'm gonna call, I'm gonna I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check. When did you send it? Like last week. Mate sent me this. Can you have a quick watch and let me know what you think if it's re- is is relevant to you? Ah, I missed that. Yeah, my bad. I stand corrected. Where was I on the 7th of April? I can't remember. Doing stand- coke! I was doing, doing cocaine! I was doing, I was doing cocaine apparently. <laughs> so somebody made that? Oh. Big fan of colour. Yes, my mate from Bish. Wow. 
There's three people. I've made. I did the first of them boys one. Then the next one was by Lenin, who emailed last week about, but he's CZW, which he didn't give a fuck about. <laughs> Cheers, when I Lenin. Last. Um, he's from Bish, and then yeah, <laughs> fucking Richie's. So it's just apparently Bishop Auckland lands. We're all gonna have a big game meetup where Northern boys come. Um, <laughs> That's we'll get you some white powder. Sorry, Paul. Well, thank you for that. No, it's fine. I'll have Mr. Fuji throw you something. <laughs> Lena tags into a giant pop. Stop it, Tom. To take out Molly with a tilt a will. Lads and Molly try to suplex Lita, but the Hardys interrupt and turn it into a double duplex. Double duplex? Nice. What the fuck? Who wrote this shit? Lita tries to twist the fate, or as Jim Ross called it Rampage this week, a fucking DDT. Fucking hell, Jim! A DDT-like maneuver. I'm like, mother... Jim, you've been calling him for 20 fucking years! But Ivory pushes her into the ropes, bouncing Jeff off and right in the eye of the hurricane for the win. Another DDT. DDT like maneuver. Nice, nice lovely match here to get them ready for the tag title match at No Mercy. Uh, yeah, before we want the next bit, what do you think of the match? I, you know what? Uh, it wouldn't be SmackDown without the Hardy Boys opening and losing. <laughs> it's it, they're, they're always their workhorses. These four work really well together. Would love to see more of it. Yeah. Give them more time, get them more energy. But we won't. But I enjoyed it. It won't. No. Backstage, the APA decided to steal the hurry cycle while drinking and driving because they're badasses. No wonder FCW guys keep getting busted. <laughs> um, first off, fuck Bradshaw. <laughs> fuck Bradshaw for saying, oh, this is the thing that superhero and his fat sidekick ride around in. Fucking. Oh. Call him Molly Fat. Oh, I thought Lance. He's fat sidekick. Lance, Lance Storm, notoriously out of shape wrestler. Fucking hell. No, I know none of them are. Fat sidekick says fucking Bradshaw with his beer belly with a beer on the go and a cigar. <laughs> fucking yeah. Bradshaw on the breakfast of champions. Oh, I'm sorry. A yeah. cigar and a bud. <laughs> yeah. He was having a Budweiser because his pot was too busy calling his kettle black. Uh -huh. Fuck me. Uh, however, that aside, the visual of Bradshaw and Fruit driving off in the little in the in in the car in the horocycle. Jesus Christ, make this a cooking show. <laughs> yeah. Where they go around they go around the and country. They, and it makes them cannon with Wallace and Grubbin as well. <laughs> Damn, it's the wrong trousers. <laughs> uh oh, we're going off a cliff. Don't goddamn feathers, McGraw. <laughs> he ain't a fucking worker. Brad's your fucking clothes. Brad's your help me. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Big Putin pressed in the robot dog. <laughs> fucking pressed to get a close over metal. Oh. Breaking his fucking neck. <laughs> Bradshaw and Farouk. Cannon. What, oh. we, on the classic Raw review on Monday, we talk about the debut of Farouk. Assad. Oh, no. I know. He's here. Uh, we watch it coming up in, uh, I think, maybe the week after. Speaking um, of fat sidekicks, <laughs> God, he was looking rough at 96. Oh, he was, bless him. So on Monday, you'll watch the debut of Farouk Assad. Then shortly after, you will talk about his debut match where he used the Dominator as a finisher. So he's been using the Dominator forever. Good. It's a nice. great move. Great finisher. Great move. The Alliance Mommy wave. meow. The Alliance. <laughs> My words fail. Meow, me meow, there. meow. The Alliance wave. If you can't think of anything to say, just make a little noise and just move on. Hope no one ah. notices. The Alliance wave for RVD. So Austin tells stories like how he bravely defeated Angle at SummerSlam. <laughs> Complete with horrible overdubbing of Cole yelling, that's not how that happened. Austin is a liar. Shame. Thanks, that, thanks, pal. Yeah, we've got long-term memories in 01. We know. Then Regal introduces the newest member of the Alliance, Christian. 
which feels forced, but he kind of has to in this period. Christian is happy to be where champions are treated with respect. I remember the 01 Power Slam <laughs> rumor being that he was going to have to change his name to Heathen. <laughs> There's, there's a we thing. were dumb as shit in 01, by we the really way. We really fucking were. There's a, there's a bit in this that, that catches my eye that is never referenced on camera and is never referenced again, mm. right? So you've got Austin sat at the head of the table with all the food around him and people watching him. You've got Booker T and Test off to the left of the screen. And for some reason, Test is holding his stomach like he's feeling sick. I saw that as well, uh, and and Booker's like trying to like just check on him, and he's like, and, and you like he's shaking his hands, he's going, Ooh. it's never mentioned again. <laughs> I think that they were they knew they had nothing to do in these segments, you know, like those NWO promos where it's Hogan talking about you know something that happened in '83, and like guys like Virgil and Scott Norton are just running out of ways to go, yeah, nod. <laughs> Mm. So I think he was just doing something to make sure like people noticed him, even had nothing to do with the story. <laughs> or I've liked the stories about Marlon Brando when he was doing that play in the 60s or 50s with some actress he hated. And whenever she had to do her monologue, he did everything he could every night to distract the audience <laughs> from her monologue, <laughs> including not wanting to, getting his ass out um, and and doing like mack, mack, the farting with your hand underneath your elbow. Uh, yeah, that's your elbow, Matthew. And uh, he eventually got fired from the play because eventually resorted just pissing on the side of the stage. <laughs> like, well, there's a play going on just to distract people from what she was doing. What a weird And he was quoted at the time as saying. It's an amazing thing to hear about someone, a classically trained theater actor like Marlon Brando, but he was obviously a different person. This is either the 50s or the 60s, remember? He said in public, I hope the next time she goes swimming, a whale shits on her. <laughs> So I think Test was doing a Marlon Brando, and <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the only time anyone's ever going to say that. I think it might be. So, yeah. Backstage, you consider, does that answer your question? <laughs> although, when you consider how he died... Which one? He had pizza, didn't he, before he died? Well, Brando. <laughs> no, Test! Brando's probably his fifth pizza of the day. How, how did Brando die? Did he just did he just burst? I think they would just he just died. Be like, yeah, sounds about right. He just burst. I just got that. There's a yeah. The story about the Godfather of the game had Marlon Brando doing the voice, and but they couldn't he got use, his ass out no, they couldn't use any of it because he had his fucking breathing apparatus. <laughs> and he needed to live, so it's like. <laughs> You know, expect to like, oh, it's me, we were doing my life. It's just, <laughs> it was just fucking, it was like, it sound like a tannoy. They were, we can't, it's actually Marlon Brando, we can't use any of it. Surely you'd have just put breathing apparatus on him in the game. <laughs> Why didn't no one make a mod? <laughs> yeah. Why didn't no one make a mod where yeah. they had a breathing apparatus over his face? Yeah, I've been the Godfather part. Here he goes, come here, sorry. <laughs> or just cast him as Darth Vader. That worked as well. So she got the she got the audio of Marlon Brando from the Godfather game and put it over Test in the last game he was in. Was Legends of Wrestling Three, where wrestles Ken Nakasaki. Last game that Test was in. That's a very good question. Oh, who's the TNA one? Marlon Brando video game. 
<laughs> I mean, Marlon Brando. I think I, I believe they put the audio of what it sounds like as an Easter egg in the game, but because they couldn't use it, it's got some sound alike. But is it, is it actually on there? Like... Marlon Brando's final performance in The Godfather. Oh, here we the go. The video game. Tom's just loading this up after, a, of course, in... an advert. He's like in... WrestleMania 39. Okay, so we're watching the. I don't like this. Okay. It's too quiet. Somebody's walking towards Marla, towards the, the way to the it's doctor's like office. It's even worse than I thought it was going to be. God, that's awful. But they get round it by him being in a hospital bed, yeah. I guess. Yeah, what else are you going to do? But... Gee, I just, I just got to sound like you just saved yeah. a fortune. Yeah. If you knew he wasn't up to it, and yeah. it's not like the game sold more because he was in it. Yeah, Brando's a fascinating individual. What a fascinating character. He's dead and can't sue. Backstage, the limo door opens, then shuts, and we go to break. Hated commentary on it's, here. It's well, I said it's still better than the Glasgow Tower. <laughs> I hated commentary on here. There's just a limo, and it's after the Steve Austin segment. And Michael Cole's going, is RVD in that limo? Is that RVD in that limo? Shut the fuck up. We haven't made the connection. Cole's just doing what Vince tells him. I know he is. I know he is. he's still horrible. But still, fuck it. It's really annoying. Uh, I said, we come back from the break and it's still there. Anyway, here's Taz for his third match with Maven. Taz isn't smiling and looks smaller than usual as Cole explains it's because Austin threw him out the party. Or is it code for he's losing? Yeah, I bet Taz's face was so miserable here that they re-recorded that bit with Austin to explain his sour puss. <laughs> Naven is here with Nidia. Taz beats him up because he doesn't like Nvidia. He's more of a <laughs> Dell Technologies. Oh, no, no, no. For new listeners, no. I always like to point this out, right? <laughs> Matthew Gregg writes his notes weeks in advance. Then With a I, crayon, apparently. Then, then I don't know whether he just like drinks drinks a, a, a bottle of bourbon and has a big sleep, because then you come into it some days and just go, I don't remember writing any of this. Part of it is because I know this isn't going to be good, so I'll just pretend that another person wrote this, and it's uh, people seem to like it. Taz beats him up because he doesn't like NVIDIA. He's more of a Dell Technologies kind of guy. Brilliant. No, it's not. Maven runs into Taz's fist <laughs> a bunch of times before they're taking some suplexes. Then NVIDIA mouths off. So Taz looks at her and gets a schoolboy roll-up to win this in an unconvincing way. The commentators go crazier than the crowd does for Maven's win. And then Cole immediately settles down and asks, who's in the limo? I put, there's nothing to this. You know how last week you you got on, you, you chat my ass because I'd put Taz versus, Taz <laughs> versus, Taz versus Maven 2 Electric Boogaloo. Anyway, I didn't get in your ass. I'm just, it's you a chapped my ass last it's, week. It is a so cliche. I've tried I'm harder sorry. this week. Oh, go on. What have you Taz put? and Maven 3 and Knuckles. <laughs> there you go. There you there go. You go. <laughs> I hope we get a Taz and Maven 4. I don't think we get a Taz and Maven 4. Yes, because Sonic 4 is rubbish. Yeah, because uh, oh god, wasn't it bad? It, whoa, whoa, what? I, what, a what were they dream. thinking? Someone looked at that and went, "This is fine." I, I think I talked about you in the uh, secret Sonic chat that we have oh, yeah. about that. The um, well, I'll just mention, are we? Kayfabe. The uh, in a secret Sonic chat on Twitter. You cannot join the Sonic Cutters. The uh, <laughs> what's it called? The Sonic Cutters. The unused. <laughs> the unused theme, the boss theme for Robotnik that they had for Sonic 3D Blast. Um, that I didn't know. It's obviously in the, like in the files or whatever. You still listen to it. That they clearly played a new one. 
no, you're not having this. <laughs> this is shit. Uh, but that's then used in Sonic Adventure 4. Uh, sorry, Sonic Adventure 4. Sonic 4, that sounds rubbish because the Sonic 4 is just horrible. But it's like, just like I a didn't... graveyard for shit Sonic ideas. Yeah, but that that theme, that Sonic 3D boss theme is like... It's just... Oh, right, I'll play that. I hate it. Like, I'll I... play that with Marlon Brando's dialogue. I'm really sad that then they made a 2. They made a Sonic 4 Part 2. And I was like, maybe they'll improve it. No, it's still really shit. But now Tails is in it as well. So you dragged him into this hellscape. Yeah, yeah. What a shame. Uh, RVD emerges from the limo and says he appreciated meeting someone. But who? (sighs) It's Limo Man, (laughs) the new wrestler. Actually, no, it can't be him. That'd be a bit of a stretch. (laughs) He's back, baby. Matthew's crap puns have equalized. You gotta stop doing that. No, Tom, stop doing that because you kept on knocking the fucking lights over. And they were, Sam wasn't happy. All right. Anyway, he loved it. He loved it. Um, <laughs> you mentioned no, limo, man. Why did I picture the door opening and a slightly smaller limo getting out? <laughs> you know how in. <laughs> limo man's theme! <laughs> This is a boss theme. <laughs> this game is bullshit. Anyway, whatever. Sonic, it's Limo Man. Sonic 3D bust. <laughs> you know, um, you know how in Fighters Mega Mix you can play as the Daytona car. Yes, Hornet. That, that but a limo <laughs> gets out of the limo. <laughs> Michael Cole, wow, you have to be here live to appreciate how big li- Limo Man is. <laughs> He's huge. We got a video recap of Jericho and Rock on Raw, and it's good, but we covered all this in the first bit. Oh, well, someone made it, so we're using it, I guess. <laughs> Backstage, Mick Foley growls at a teddy and answers Lillian's questions. He says he's teaming Jericho and Rock up tonight because of psychology reasons, because he has a master's degree in psychology. And she goes, really? And he goes, no. But he did sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Crowd likes it. Uh, Foley laughs and points out it was right here in Montreal. Rock says it'll be fine. Rock and Foley came together after bashing each of his brains in. Woohoo! <laughs> also tonight, it's showing Tajiri taking on the duds as Spike Dudley is Spike Fuckedly. <laughs> Thanks, Foley. <laughs> Foley got, there was a nice bit here. It's like, I've got a master of psychology. He goes, really? He goes, no. It's <laughs> a silly joke here he, with, yeah, your, with he, your dad. Yeah, he adds a bit of substance as to why he's making Jericho and Rock team tonight. Because he yeah. says, hey, Rock and I used to be enemies, and then we became friends. And so let's try it here. And Rock sandbagged me for 90% of the segments. Did you sense that the light in Foley's eyes was somewhat dimmer than normal in this backstage bit? We well, haven't got a lot to do. Not much to do, right? Well, not right now. Oh, go on. Uh, he had a chat with Alex Marvez of Figure Four this week. Oh, the teleporter. Yeah, he's not having a nice time. Oh, this is news to me. Quote, I was supposed to be WCW commissioner. Then I was going to wrestle Vince. Then I was going to wrestle William Regal. Then I was going to be in a 10-man tag at Unforgiven. Just in one month alone, my return date was moved back three times. At this point, they may think the show is better without me. But I do wish they'd give me a definitive answer. I've got other things to do in my life than waiting for their call on Sunday night. I'd say in a perfect world that I shouldn't be showing up at WF New York as a special guest. I think that having done what I've done over the last 16 years should create more of an impact than it does. But I'm not the boss. Uh, The interview was conducted four days before he returned as commissioner. 
uh, which should tell you how much of an advanced warning he was actually given. Oh, wow. He said, I do want to do things that that don't involve wrestling. I'm not really contractually in a position to do that yet, but I feel like I really have done all I can do. I was able to have a great post wrestling run as commissioner. I hate to say it, but a return as commissioner would be rehashing something I did really well a year ago and couldn't do nearly as well again. I understand I'm saying a lot of negative things, but that's how I feel. Again, that interview, hey, yep. three days before he turned up as commissioner again. God, I forgot the balls on Foley. Like, you would just vent and say what he, how he felt. And, and it's uh, interesting knowing that and then oh. watching these segments as commissioner because they really lack the 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 fire and the the passion and the energy that they had but in 2000. He is right. At one point, yeah. it's like, oh, nice Foley segment, but it's like, we didn't need you for this Jericho RVD stuff. It's a Jericho rock stuff. It's already sorted itself out. Yeah, they didn't need to. They didn't need to make Regal a heel commissioner. Yeah, leave him as he was. It would have done the job fine. I genuinely don't remember what they... happened to this Foley run. By the way, it just it it, it not a bang but a whimper. Ah, fair enough. Um, I think sort of as soon as the alliance. Th- I think even before the alliance has ended. I think he's. Uh, oh yeah, the alliance has gone in November. Anyway, he's away, so, yeah. but um. Even Regal in this position making Rock Jericho would have still made sense because it would have been Regal going, I need these WWF guys to get along, so I'm going to put them in a tag match for the sight out of the differences. They could let off some steam at no mercy, but then go back to being friends. You know, that would have still made sense with Regal in, in power because I feel like the only thing he's really done so far is sort of steer this particular match. Mm. And it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Nice. Bless you. Still love you fully. Yes. At the party, RVD still isn't here. Oh, wait, now he is. Austin is so happy RVD made the right decision when he splashed Angle on Raw. Yeah, hug me, RVD. Yeah, big match tonight. Yeah, take Angle out. Yeah, you mean the world to me. Yeah. Oh. Austin hands RVD his watch because the watch is saying it's RVD's time. Time to be a big star. <laughs> Cole is skeptical about Austin's sincerity. Where would we be without Cole, a.k.a. Navi? <laughs> Hey, listen. And I'll put, meanwhile, the fucking limo is oh, still there. Interesting little oh, tidbit here. Um, Rob Van Dam, whilst he is a star and headlining uh, the next pay-per-view, he is wearing a classic WWF Kiss of Death, which is a pay-per-view themed T-shirt, That's which right. is reserved for jobbers and Tommy Dreamer. Yes, who never wears anything else. No. Uh, that's like wearing a red shirt on Star Trek. Exactly. So the limo's still here. Meanwhile, the limo is still here with the engine, engine, the engine still on. <laughs> the engine still there's an running. There's an engine. There's a, you can't call them that, Matthew. Uh, it's still there. The engine is still on. There better not be any issues as the fucker won't be able to drive off with a flat battery. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> really is like, oh no, someone's attacking the limo. The limo's like, well, I'm coming anywhere. <laughs> Been here for an hour and a half. That's the engine running. Kane and his idiot brother are here. Big pop for <laughs> Kane. Stacker two. Not smoking and Clearasil. Oh, and for Undertaker as well, I guess. <laughs> Cole says Test has been arguably the Alliance MVP. I'd say no, that's Canyon, but who are we kidding? Test really has been awesome this year. Even Test gets a great pop here in Montreal. Undertaker and Kane both head out over the ropes like they're being clotheslined by the Invisible Men to take on <laughs> TNT. Kane clotheslines both T's and he's so over the crowd even cheer the fact Direct TV isn't showing no mercy. <laughs> Undertaker tags in the piped in cheers, but Test is half deaf and unconcerned as he somehow <laughs> clotheslines Undertaker and he sells. <laughs> then T- half deaf and unconcerned. Then T. See, some of these are alright. Then T knocks him down and Undertaker sells that too. Whoa. Undertaker isn't selling for 
uh, Booker T, though, and attempts to pull his arm out the socket before unleashing old school to a giant pop. Kane comes in because he is willing to take a big kick from Booker T. Sally Test tags in, and Kane remembers that Test has been with Steph and Trish, so it's possible he'll go after Linda, causing Kane <laughs> to freak out and jump right into Test's clothesline. Get away from my wife, you bitch! <laughs> Kane gets worked over as the SmackDown match is going on a lot longer than I thought it would. <laughs> Test tries to be Kane, and Undertaker's like, hey, that's my gimmick, and crotches Test. Kane superplexes Test as everyone is feeling it tonight. Bloody hell. Mm. Undertaker and Test tag in as the Montreal crowd inspired Undertaker to break a sweat against both lads. Kane and Test end up outside with Kane taking a low blow and Booker T kicks Undertaker for the win. Oh, lol, no. Undertaker kicks out and chokeslams Booker T to win. No, that doesn't happen either. Test breaks that up but misses the Test kick. So Undertaker uh, slams him and blocks Booker T's chair shot attempt to land the last ride on Booker. However, Test lands the Test kick as Undertaker hoists T up for the powerbomb, and that's good enough for the pin. Unironically, great match here. Yes! With Kane and Undertaker working hard to prove that Chronic sucks, and they don't. Crowd was <laughs> molten the whole time, and that finish ruled. Hell yeah, awesome. Again, just in case I didn't do a good enough job explaining it, the last ride's the power bomb, so he does the little oomph bit at the, at the like, peekaboo. And as he's peekaboo oomphing yeah. Booker, Des hits the big kick! Whoa. The exact moment! Perfect timing. And then Booker lands on him, and they get the pin, and it's like, wow, this was, I was so impressed by Superb this. Superb match. And it, do you know what? We rag on fucking Crime Inc. for, for sometimes putting a tenth of, a, of an effort into whatever he does. He fucking brought his working shoes tonight. Absolutely. Fucking did. And K Kane has been a, a bit of an MVP himself all year, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. You know, despite the fact that his fucking arm nearly fell off twice. <laughs> He's carried on wrestling through it. Test is invigorated by being part of the alliance, whether or not it's, you know, you know, for better or for worse, his tummy got better, so that was good. And thank fuck, Booker T has got a pinfall on The Undertaker heading into a pay-per-view. Yes. Booker T looking, okay, he needed Test to get the win, but Booker T pinning Undertaker going into it. Yes, please. Yeah. I'm pretty confident Booker's losing on Sunday. Of course, there's not a hope in bloody Not a hell hope in fucking hell. I don't think he ever beat him on a big match. No. Oh, well, whatever. WCW guy, At least they'll have this. Mm -hmm. Backstage, the limo. It's Vince, a.k.a. the only guy it could possibly be. Heyman, Heyman, Heyman is distraught. Calm down. You're not Hey Woman. <laughs> <laughs> that look on your face then. <laughs> that look on your face was like that meme of the guy and his dog. Oh, you. <laughs> Phew, that was all I was going for. <laughs> I got communicated that face better than I communicated any of my SmackDown thoughts. <laughs> That's a man in his limo, driving through the holy war. <laughs> Don't tell them about that one that happened in Sweden. Austin sees that Rava Dan was talking to Vince in the limo, and it turns out Vince said the exact same things Austin said to him about being great. RVD says Vince said he'll see him this Sunday. Austin is furious and demands RVD give him his watch back. <laughs> Crowd boo, salty Austin. <laughs> they fucking <laughs> do. That was nice. The watch says it's time for RVD to make a decision. All right, Bernard. <laughs> he is either with Austin or against Austin. He just got that. <laughs> or against Austin. Austin makes RVD leave. 
Regal was over Austin's shoulder, looking miserable the whole time during this bit. <laughs> nice, nice, because Austin's Austin is still doing the psycho thing really well, much better than I remember him doing it. Mm-hmm. At this point, he is just like a petulant kid. <laughs> Give me back my watch. <laughs> Regal, bless him, Regal at the moment has the energy of somebody who was invited to two parties on the one night and chose the shit party. <laughs> and he's oh. like, oh, I can't leave now. Yeah. <laughs> Regal's WCW run has been a bust. Pass it on. The Dudleys are here. As we're into, we're coming down theme song era. Uh, Devon is wrestling tonight against the Jiri, which I think is what Foley was saying backstage, but I obviously did such a good job of typing it up. Or maybe he didn't give a fuck now that you know that interview of Marvez. Chimmel buggered up the announcing. Oh, did he? Yeah, oh, because it's, it's dubbed over. And I and I, I watching him, I think he, he announced the Dudley boys when really it's a singles match with Devon Dudley. So I think they got him to do it in post. Right. And, it's all, and I, I said this the other week, it's boring, but you know, I, I recognize these things. You can tell. You know, oh, if, yeah, if you, the thing. these aren't like, wow, you'll never get this. No, it's something that's really obvious. You can, yeah, you've, it's, it's still, you know, we, we've, we've dabbled, haven't we, in doing commentary in post-production. And sometimes yes. it is weird to kind of recapture that energy. It takes some, some figuring yeah. out. Yeah, they, they call me Tiny Chimmel. <laughs> and Tiny Chimmel, who did not die. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Marlon Brando, who did <laughs> die? <laughs> Marlon Brando, who did die? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's going by now in his funeral car. They're playing his music. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the limo? Oh, it's Marlon Brando. Brandon, right? It's Brando, obviously. That's <laughs> what he would have wanted. What I want now is I'm, is my body's being cast into the flames when I get cremated. When we're we're going to rehearse. We're going to stretch limo for Marlon Brando's corpse. Keep it classy. <laughs> anyway, Tajiri takes away the loss of Spike. Uh, commentators are too busy talking about Stacey Keeper anyway, so no one cares about you, Spike. Sorry for being dead. Tajiri is still great in 01, dropkicking Devon and getting that sharp, sharp, shocking Frankensteiner that he did a lot during this period. Bubba mouths off at Big Show, then hides behind Stacey. Heyman says, of course, she's tall. <laughs> Bubba chops Tajiri on the outside, as Heyman says, he's over 300 pounds, and every one of them is mean-spirited. <laughs> every one of those pounds is mean-spirited, that's whatever. Taj gets, what? Taj? Don't call him that. Tajiri gets the tarantula. <laughs> Taj. It's Taj! It's Taj. That's <laughs> elephant from Diddy Kong Racing, isn't it? Dudley's got a sneaky 3D, so Show gets a cheeky choke slam on Devon to get the sneaky cheeky pin. <laughs> sneaky <laughs> cheeky. <laughs> and then he baked a pie and had a picnic. That's right, you can have some, says Big Show. <laughs> that sets up the tag title match at No Mercy. Oh, wait, no, it doesn't. Never. Bubba tries to attack, but Tori Wilson slaps Stacy and de skirts her to show off her ass because it's 0 1, and that's how you get revenge for getting put through a table. <laughs> I liked Big Show's choke slam, the cheeky, cheeky, sneaky choke slam. <laughs> from the... I like Big Show being sneaky on the apron. Go choke... for, go for. Choke slamming Devon. Off from yeah. his side. Oh, that was a cool spot. I thought Devon got some fucking hype for it. He did. <laughs> it was great. 
Cheeky sneaky. <laughs> how the fuck does Big Show sneak? I think that was I was just going, how's Big Show doing these stealth spots? <laughs> he's bigger than Austria. How's he doing it? You look to the side of the rig and he's just got a cobble box. <laughs> so, well, he's just, oh, it's just a box, clearly. A giant box. But ain't he not Big Show? <laughs> also, Linda announced Metal Gear Squalid. <laughs> Metal Gear only solids. <laughs> <laughs> also, Linda announces a million. Oh, Robo Linda and the Rocker on a date at WWF New York. Oh, if only. No, not yet. Um, and then announce a million dollar check given to Giovanni. Wait, the bad guy from Pokemon. <laughs> oh, no. The guy who was a mega hero during this time, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, God. The closest time oh, Linda ever got to politics, thankfully. I've just typed here cough. <laughs> Rudy says WF New York is a nice restaurant and let's just move the fuck on from so that, this so we should establish here that Rudy Giuliani even in 01 is a fucking liar <laughs> yeah let's have a move on please it's a, it's a shame because I do believe that uh, if, if, four, if Four Seasons landscaping had been shut that day they could have had the press conference at WWF New York <laughs> Giuliani getting stuck into some Jimmy Hart pasta <laughs> And a hot Holly burger. Nah, I've been holding him for a while. And he goes, oh, <laughs> oh, so oh, you might shit. Can you bring me a fizzy drink down as you go, please? Okay. Thanks, mate. better yeah. <laughs> thank so you very much it's always a good sign when you know a mixture of coffee and laughing uncontrollably for 10 minutes you're like yeah i'm, I'm gonna go poo sorry i will record a podcast classic is our email address if you do <laughs> if you do have a little poo sometimes while watching this or listening to this you'd be keen to know oh, inquiring God. minds want to know don't worry we're back to being sensible no we're not <laughs> yes we are because chris jericho is here the team up with the rock against just incredible and raven. Got a stat for you. Wait, is it the same one that I've got? Go on. Fun fact, Jer Jericho, bloody hell. Just incredible would last longer teaming with Raven than he did with X-Pac and X-Factor. Oh, really? I wouldn't check. I'm like, yeah, they went well into O2, this, these two. And obviously, you know, X-Factor was... Uh, eh. oh. The Titanic lasted longer. Bless. Go on, what have you got? Um, to the date of this show... There are 10 world title reigns in this match. Oh. So, um, The Rock carrying the load was seven. <laughs> Six for the fair. WWF title and one for the WCW title. Yep. Uh, two from Raven. Yep. And one from Just Incredible. Jericho won one after. Oh, you mean all to all? Just, Jericho is the only one with zero because he's a complete loser at this point. Because he hasn't won a world title at this point. All the others have. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. All the oh, others yeah, in this yeah, match yeah, right. have won a recognized world title I at least you. once. Uh, Just Incredible has it once. Raven has yep. it twice. Right. Rock has it seven. Jericho and Zero, what a loser. <laughs> He's officially the weak link in this match. For Bowden. For Bowden. Uh, Jericho and Rock go at it, and the dumbass Alliance guys use this opportunity to stomp Rock. Just Incredible getting offense yep. on the Rock. What a fucking time. Jericho thinks, fuck it, and chair shots. Just Incredible, Raven, and finally, The Rock. What? Incredible Raven beat The Rock in Jericho. Oh, wait, the bell never rang. No. Mixed reactions from the crowd as Jericho decides to land the people's elbow on a downed opponent. Uh, 
I suppose to a standard one, I guess. But yeah, I like that the fact the crowd are cheering and booing. The people who are like, no, I'm pro rock. No, I'm pro Jericho. It's mm. exactly with knees right now because neither have got, well, I'm sorry, the rock has got more advantage, but people still like Jericho. So yeah, nice little bit there. His last televised match in Montreal for The Rock, the last televised match he had on TV, not counting the house shows, uh, it was a tag match as well. He was teaming with the Nation of Domination to face the LOD, Ken Shamrock, and Ahmed Johnson Ah, at Survivor Series 1997. And nothing else happened oh, that night. Oh, goody. Nothing else happened that night. Nope. On Monday, Edge informs Christian that his mum has been involved in an accident and tells Christian... Turns out Christian used this as an excuse to join the Alliance. He says there was an accident when mum gave birth to you. Blah, 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 blah. Edge is then interviewed by a coachman saying there was a positive to this. He will no longer feel guilty during the ladder match this Sunday. Thanks, Christian. Edge then goes looking for Christian backstage but finds only Hugh Morris, Chuck Palumbo, and Canyon. And Christian is like, I have you now. And Edge is like, come on, man, what are these goofy goobers going to do? <laughs> Edge attacks all of them, but Christian is able to chair shot him and leave him laying down. Wow, well done, D-level dudes. Every dog has its day, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Bloody hell. Um, I think when you talk about like stars falling, okay, you got Hugh Morris in there, you got Chris Canyon and Chuck Palumbo. I felt for Chuck the most. You know, a year ago, he was like, he was fighting Lex Luger. In WCW, a future guy <laughs> this year, fucking on the floor, on his belly, holding Edge's legs. Badly. <laughs> Badly, I might add. <laughs> Just look shit. But as you say, every dog has his day, and this was the day of the WCW job squad. Yes, it was. Well done, lads. Well done. Now it's time for RVD versus Angle 2. Um, uh, fast Furious. <laughs> That'll do. Got caught out. Got Tokyo Drift. The hardcore. Oh, no, no, no. Let's do Knuckles the Echidna in Kurt Angle versus RVD2. <laughs> Oof. <sighs> yeah, got out that one. Oh. The hardcore champion himself is here. It's easy to forget that he's got that title because he's uh, <laughs> such a big part of the main event it's the scene. Best, it's the best run for the hardcore title, I think, ever. In terms of plays on the card, absolutely. Yeah, taking him dancing. Yeah. Kurt Angle runs to the ring and schools RVD on the map, and RVD is able to map wrestle himself out the ring to escape. Kurt Angle is on tonight. So RVD just runs until he can launch Angle into the stairs. RVD goes for the spin kick, but Angle shrugs it off and sends him in the barricade hard. Kurt is working mm. snug tonight. Maybe I have some idea why. RVD gets a crossbody, but Angle kicks out at one and German suplexes RVD. Early Angle suplexes counted in the Angle Lock. Uh, sorry, but the Angle Lock is escaped, so RVD can kick him. RVD punches Angle in the corner and the ref warns him. The only thing you should have warned him is about how bad those punches were. Uh, Avdi gets a swingboard kick on Kurt, a running thunder for two. Avdi keeps on showing he's focused on hurting Kurt rather than winning because it's the story. And surprise, surprise, Kurt is bleeding from the nose. Oh. Avdi helps by kicking him in the schneb one more time. God damn it, Avdi. There's no wonder you didn't win the pay-per-view. Spoilers. Kurt Angle unleashes the suplexes and takes down the straps. Angle lock is in, but here's Austin to pound away on Kurt. Yay, he saved RVD. Oh, wait, Steve then dumps RVD on the outside. Austin mouths off at RVD, then gets slammed by Angle. So RVD recovers and thinks about who to splash and decides 
on Austin. Oh, what does this mean for the three-way in 72 hours' time? Fuck DirecTV. Michael Cole loses his mind at this. <laughs> it's great. And then Vince appears to end the show by doing the RVD taunt. And he does it in the most aggressive way you've ever seen. Like, perfect yeah. triangles made with his yeah. arms. N D A. <laughs> New code of conduct. Non-harassment policy. Bless him. The limo's battery is finished. Can someone call a tow truck? Limo man. (laughs) Robotics 3D boss theme. Tess is dead. <laughs> Marlon Brando. <laughs> That's two words. Is that Marlon Brando, Armour Johnson? All, all the jokes are coming. <laughs> yes. All the so, jokes are coming back. They say, what did you, what this, did you this, think of this uh, episode? Of, this episode of the SmackDown review is like is like the <laughs> WWF UK pay per view. No Mercy, 1999, in which at the end of the night, all the people that <laughs> wrestled the ministry at the end yeah. just ran out and helped Austin. <laughs> which never happens on a pay-per-view ever, no. except on this night. <laughs> yeah. What did I think of SmackDown? I enjoyed it. Oh. Christ, the wrestlers brought their fucking boots. Yes. They brought the fucking A game. Yeah, I don't know what's absolutely. different. I don't know whether they've changed something in catering, but they really fucking went for it. A, f- a phenomenal opening promo with Jericho, Stephanie, and The Rock. Great match with Kane, Undertaker, and Test and Booker T. Hardest Storm and Hurricane had a great yeah. match as well. Loved it. Angle and Van Damme had a snug little war. Yeah. Great SmackDown. Absolutely. A great SmackDown. Set up a pay-per-view that doesn't get as remembered as it probably should do. The very underrated No Mercy 2001. With the saliva soundtrack of click, click, boom. I'm on the radio station. There's a contestation. And (laughs) what was something you remembered from this episode? I remembered the Van Damme frog splash at the end. Uh, I love that week with the story being who will Van Damme splash and it was Angle on the Monday, and then it was Austin on the Thursday. I love that. So well done each time. And only a move like, like unique to Van Damme in terms of... We've seen spots where it's like, he's got the chair, who's he going to hit? Only Van Damme could do it that way, and I thought it was perfect for Van Damme's character. Yep. Really loved it. And it added a bit of jeopardy going into the pay-per-view, I which I enjoyed as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. What did, you, um, what did you remember? I remembered this... These two teams having a really good match together. Yeah. I remember there was one time they had some really good chemistry. And I'm thinking, maybe I have forgotten it. But no, this was the match. It was on a random-ass SmackDown. Which, up which teams? Oh, the, the, your TNT versus... TNT the, versus the Dead K, Brothers. K and U. Yes. <laughs> they worked so well together. And it was like, beautiful, great. Nothing but good times for everybody involved. Oh, well, maybe. maybe <laughs> what was something you forgot about this? The opening promo. The, mm. the, the, Stephanie being great. Like, which is out of character for Steph during this really time. She can be incredibly grating. I thought she was at her best here. Uh, the the back and forth of Jericho and The Rock. Uh, Jericho you know, and, and Rock, everybody making really valid points to Jericho. <clears throat> and I remember thinking, Jericho being left in a heap. I'm like, he has to win on Sunday. Because otherwise, I think as I said at the start of the show, he has to win. Because if he doesn't, 
oh, he's a fucking idiot. Like Dave <laughs> Roy, is Dave Roy Smith at SummerSlam? He's, he's fucked. He's Dave, yeah, he is fucked if he doesn't win on Sunday. But we're going to find out together on Sunday if he does. When we watch No Mercy, when we do a retro reactions to No Mercy, Ooh. next week on the Cold Arctic. <laughs> what have you got coming up this week? Sabaton. Of course! There'll Sabaton. be No Mercy There'll for be the no Russian mercy. soldiers. <laughs> Let me tell you about that war to soar in... Um, Venezuela at that time. Um, <laughs> that's that's I, all right. That's I've, good. Got, I've got the energy from Sabaton based on this. Yeah. I have no prior knowledge. So Tom's knowledge of Sabaton comes from my awful impressions. I just like the idea of them going, and I found out, I read a book about a war that happened in Switzerland. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's not far off. a song off. about it. Yeah. That's my understanding of Sabaton. Sabaton, if you listen, um, apologies. <laughs> Be good. Imagine that. They were talking God, about it. The real war. The Monday Night War. The Monday. I mean, only on Mondays. <laughs> Is Matthew here? We've got to talk about the Monday Night War. <laughs> the one between WWE and Impact. Stop making fun of Test. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Deal breaker. Deal breaker. Um, something you forgot. Oh, I thought you forgot and actually asked me that. Oh, uh, I've asked you, haven't Mick, I? Yeah, you haven't asked me. Uh, oh, Mick Foley. Um, being the commish and doing his commish stuff. How bad is that? Like, hey, oh. <laughs> the stuff that's already been made established already without you. Great. Well done, Foley. Such a pointless, meaningless, joyless, shoeless, cr- clueless comeback for Big Foley. Oh, that's good. And I'm heart, I'm heartbroken by it because I love Foley. Yeah. And, and you know, and and re- and then reading that interview where he's really like, I just, I can't be asked. Mm. <laughs> it's terrible. Feel for him, man. Feel for him. Um. Watch on uh, anything coming up on Botchamania this week. You got a new one. Yeah, I'll be out now and it's still available because I've had a really good battle with the copyright people now and that's, that's going to be on the winning side. Oh, really? Can't last, but I'll enjoy it while it can. Um, Make hay while the sun shines. Exactly. So that's up 471, bloody hell. <laughs> that's the number of episodes I've done. Jeez. <sighs> All that time, eh? <laughs> Could have been spent. A hey, time wasted is it's time, time wasted. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Uh, what about yourself, Tom? Um, tomorrow on the podcast feed and on the YouTube channel, nine pitches for Roman Reigns' universal title defeat. I can't believe we're still fucking talking about how do we get the belt off Roman Reigns? How do you solve a problem like Marie? Bloody repeats on this channel. Fuck yeah, I know, right? But we're there. Myself, Ross and Andrew come up with nine ideas for how to do it. And they range from, oh, that's quite clever. That's quite interesting to fucking hell, you fucking idiots. <laughs> It's the weirdest and the one, the most wonderful nine pictures I think I've ever been involved oh, in. Oh, people in I hope it's uh, on the same level as the last one you did, where they're talking about the WrestleMania card, and uh, Ross said, "Ooh, that'll be a good match between two slappers." Oh, no, 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 no! I didn't mean like that. <laughs> we knew what you meant, Ross. We knew, we know yeah. what we know what you did. So two whores. <laughs> Fantastic, Tom. This is and a if you fancy me popping, and I'm on Radio Newcastle Sunday. If you fancy popping by and listen to me play <laughs> some, I'll plug that. I never plug that. I'm on BBC Radio Newcastle Sunday from 10. Come along and say hi. Just play some tunes and, you know, talk about things happening in the northeast. Oh, sweet. It's nice. Come along. It's a nice little, nice little side hustle I've got on the, with the British <laughs> Broadcasting Corporation, <laughs> which, is, of, which is still mad to me. Like, I remember in 2008 applying for... Good, you should. A, vaguely. Applying for a job at the BBC for a different BBC station. And the feedback I got was, it sounds like you're trying too hard to behave yourself. And fast forward all these years later. You like, went, you're the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> I want a bloody talk. Exactly. 
But fast forward and yeah, doing stuff on the BBC. So that's nice. So come and say hi from 10. It'd be nice to get some. It's always uh, Lee Hawthorne is the uh, is the social media manager for BBC Radio Newcastle. And he's also a cultaholic fan and he's a wrestling fan. So Lord Hawthorne. Lee Hawthorne. Oh, okay, he could good. be Lord Hawthorne. Lord I guess. Hawthorne. Uh, and he always gets, he said to me, I always get a lovely buzz when you're on because I see all these. Ah, <laughs> uh, we know why, don't you're, we, you're ladies welcome, and gentlemen? You're welcome, hon. Uh, and uh, it's all because, like, he suddenly sees, like, a bunch of wrestling people that he knows suddenly dipping in and texting in and sending Aww, messages. And he man. goes, This only happens when Tom's on. Like, my phone goes, like, if you put us on Twitter, oh, Tom Campbell's on. He says, my phone gets a bit silly because it's just all people that I know from wrestling that are sharing Aww, it. I'm like, there sweet. you go. You're welcome, hon. Come say hi uh, and support Cultaholic throughout the rest of the week, of course. Thank you for joining us on Patreon if you have. Appreciate you supporting us we at patreon.com slash Cultaholic. Thank you very much. We love you so much. And until we're next together, here's at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Gamble on Twitter. <laughs> we're at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <laughs> Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review was recorded in a live studio audience. Da, na, 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 na. Here as well. If you've been affected by any of the problems you've seen in this episode, keep it to your fucking soul. And it's the last word from Marlon Brando. I'm only doing one take. That cost $500,000. <laughs> 